Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, the plants made a comeback. Yeah. You may uh, know, Northsiders may well know this. This was our trusty plant. Well, it's actually not our trusty plant from the last time that we talked about tending our soul because I think that plant has actually died. <laughs> so, this... <laughs> Which, um, which is a great way to start when I'm going to talk about this stuff. Luckily, I'm a pastor, not a gardener. I think this was from Annie Bramwell. She gave it to us after that series. So hopefully we will nurture this. And what I have learnt from that whole process is that a plant needs to be tended for it to flourish. Uh, it needs to be watered. It needs to be nurtured. And uh, the irony, and some of you love your plants. Some of you uh, have all sorts of beautiful plants and gardens around the place. And the reality is for... Those of you that do have that, you may spend more time in the next month tending to your plants than you do your soul. Have you thought about that? Because just as a plant needs its water and its nutrients and to be tended in order to flourish, life works better when we tend to our souls. That's what we're going to talk about this morning and it's great to have all of our Taramara family with us joining us for the live stream online. If we haven't met, I'm Sam. I'm the senior pastor here, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next couple of weeks. But look, what we're going to talk about this morning too, by the way, is not a Christian thing. It's a thing thing. Uh, Tending your soul, we believe, and I know that you sense, whether you're a person of faith or not, uh, that there is something more than just flesh and blood to us, and that there are ways to tend your soul. And if you don't tend your soul, you know this as well. And, that, and I'll, I'll prove it to you. Let's, let's just have some interaction here this morning. What does it feel like? What emotions do you experience when you are withered? Just shout them out at me. Stressed is a good one. Some others. Tired. Snappy. Snappy. Yeah? Frustrated. Thanks, sis. Right? Here are... Um, great words. Here are some of the words that I've had for withered. Tired. There we go. Anxious. It's like um, family feud. It's uh, <laughs> stressed, hurried, impatient, ungracious, selfish, hopeless, panicked, vulnerable, insecure. Would you agree with that definition? Okay, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. What does it feel like when you are flourishing, when you are thriving? How would you describe that? Calm? Peaceful? Sorry, I heard. Bright a good one. Some over here? Excited, Chris. I love it. Yeah. Let's see how you went on the family feud board this morning. (laughs) Expectant, confident, generous, grounded, creative, present, content, proactive, positive, visionary, robust, hopeful, grateful. That's just some of them. Class, what makes the difference between these two states of being? I mean, has life changed? Has the job changed? Has the circumstances naturally changed? What makes the difference? Can I suggest to you what makes the difference is rest for your soul. You can have the same circumstances, you can have the same job, you can have the same boss pushing it against you, you can have uh, the same life circumstances that are pressing in, have been pressing in against you for the last 5 to 10 to 15 years, and you can move from the left to the right in an instant if you find rest for your soul. This is not just a Christian thing. This is a thing thing. You can join along in all of this if you're not yet a Christian, right? 
Because everything within us hangs on this process, finding rhythms for your soul. It's so critical because not only do you feel it when you don't find rest for your soul, but here's the more scary thing. Have you noticed this? Everyone else around you feels it. I heard snappy down here. (laughs) You know, I might feel snappy, but I'm sure no one else around me feels snappy or feels me being snappy. I'm sure the kids don't feel me being snappy. I'm sure Kristen doesn't feel me being snappy. Right? It, everything hinges on this, not just how you feel, but how everyone else feels. And I've got a confession to make. You know, I've been, I've been in this left-hand side more than once in my life. I think I shared with you, church, when I, uh, I went away on long service leave for three months in 2019. You know, I, th- I thought it would be a really smart thing to go away on holiday and not read any of the Word of God, the Bible, or to be with God during that three-month period. And as a result, I came back dry, and I came back hurried, and I came back anxious, and I came back stressed. And But see, I'd been on a holiday, I'd had a rest, but I didn't didn't feel restored. In fact, it was so funny, when I shared this with the church, you know, some people were like so horrified. You know, someone literally came up to me and said, yeah, but we pay you to be spiritual. (laughs) (laughs) sorry to burst the bubble i've got a soul that needs to be tended to as much as yours rest for the soul finding rests and rhythms for the soul because whether you're a christian or not everyone has rhythms everyone has rhythms you have rhythms you know most people on a friday night they finish work they're in the city they go out for drinks come monday you get get there you're on the bus 9 a.m you start Some of you got rhythms, you know, you get the kids down, 7.30, you sit on the couch and you enjoy your favourite beverage, right? Some of us have rhythms where you wake up and you try to pull the socks on at 6 o'clock in the morning. We all have, you already have rhythms, I'm not going to tell you anything new this morning. Just the big question is, are the rhythms that you have implemented into your life restorative? Do they build you up? Because here's what I've learned off the back of that long service leave. Rest did not equal restoration. Hear the difference? I had rest, but I wasn't restored. And I know this, is, this has happened to you as well. Anyone here been away on a break and come back and on your first day back from your holiday break saying, I think I need a holiday from my holiday? <laughs> right? What you are after in that moment is not rest, but restoration. Would you like to work out how we get restoration? Who'd like that this morning? Because funnily enough, Jesus talks about this. Jesus talks about this and he invites you to restoration. And, and by the way, like Jesus, you know, we often think Jesus just cruised around the countryside and just told stories whenever he felt like it. But everything was pushing in on Jesus's life when he was doing his ministry. There were crowds pushing in on him. He was dealing all sorts of conniving, political backstabbing. He was constantly worried about the Pharisees that were pushing in on him. There were people that would like get in and and jostle in order to get time and attention with Jesus. Jesus knew what it was like to have life push in on him. And he knew what it was like to be in the middle of noise and activity. And here's what he says in the middle of this. This is for you and I this morning. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. (laughs) 
get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's talking about restoration. Rhythms of restoration. And here was Jesus' rhythm of restoration. Jesus had a habit of getting away from people and things. You ever noticed that in the life of Jesus? If you haven't seen it, look at some of these passages here. Luke 5, 16, And great multitudes gathered to hear and be healed of their infirmities. Here's all the pressure in on Jesus' life. But he withdrew to the wilderness and, play, and prayed. And then in Mark chapter 1, That evening after sunset, the people brought, Jesus, brought to Jesus all the sick and the demon-possessed. And the whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You see the, see the, the habits that he's got in his life here? Constant, this is countercultural. Ministry's pushing in, things are happening for him. And the disciples are going, where's Jesus? Oh, he's, he's off, he's out the back again. Got up early. And we slept in, he's, he's, he's already out. He, Jesus had a rhythm and a habit of getting away from the busy and the noisy activity, which is to what is called the eromos in the Greek. The eromos is a word to describe almost like a, a desert place, a quiet place. Jesus was constantly withdrawing to the eromos, a quiet place. And here's a fascinating thought. Have you ever considered this? Isn't it interesting that Jesus was God, and yet he never fully filled his day with all of the Lord's activity. Have you noticed this? I, he would have had a sense that he's got limited time, that he's, he's only here for a short amount of time, and he didn't push himself to the limit. Instead, he models this rhythm of regular rest. Now, I always say this, like if Jesus just didn't come to leave a book right? Jesus didn't come to leave a Bible. He came to model how life was meant to be lived. And so, if He's here to model how life is meant to be lived, then what class do we think Jesus is showing us? And here's my guess at it all. <clears throat> I think Jesus in His humanity, because, you know, theologians, He was fully God, but He was also fully 100% human. I think Jesus was showing us that in his humanity, even though he was God, he was still limited. <laughs> ever, ever thought about this, that in his humanity, Jesus had limits? Ever thought about this, that in his humanity, Jesus was susceptible to burnout? Even in his humanity, Jesus was susceptible to mental health challenges that come as a function of driving himself too hard, right? If he's fully human... And I say that because I know you, you're human, and I know the sorts of things that you do to yourself, and I know the sorts of things that I do to myself when I don't tend to myself well, and I know what happens. And I believe Jesus knew that too. Here's another pop quiz. How could we describe the ministry of Jesus? And my answer to that is relaxed. The guy's constantly relaxed. Like I don't read here in Mark 1, you know, and Jesus went and checked himself into the El Shaddai retreat. Because he just needed to get away from it all, right? 
I don't hear that, you know, in Mark chapter 1, uh, that the disciples came in and they knew that he was just running himself too thin, so they had an intervention with Jesus. Have you noticed this? Jesus in his humanity models this perfect human life of beautiful rhythms of rest. And rest, as he says, real rest that leads to restoration. So pop quiz for you then. Think back on your week for the last week that you've just had. And here we are in May already just about. I want, I want to ask you this question. Do you, what, what do you find tends to be the case for you? Do you tend to fill every moment of your day with work and activity or do you feel that every working waking moment of your day gets filled for you do you tend to fill every waking moment of a day or do you feel that every waking moment gets filled for you without your consent or control <laughs> can't can't we relate to that because what i'd love for you to do is to be able to take back some of the control into the rhythms of the day that you will have tomorrow when you walk out of this place? Do you have an Eremos, a desert place in your life? Somewhere to go that's away from the busyness and the hustle of it all. And so as we move into thinking about that, I'm just going to share two really simple principles with us this morning. They're not practices and the reason they're not practices is what gives you restoration will be different from the person sitting next to you. Right? There, are, there are some people that um, find absolute restoration in scrolling through about four kilometres of reels on the lounge. And as I'm having to learn, for some people, that's a spiritual practice. That's fine. There's some people out there that your restoration is to go out and talk to all of your friends and to have coffee and to be in the hive of activity, which for extroverted introverts like me is like my worst nightmare. Right? Others of you if you're so blessed, you know, find that space and golf courses and greenery and all those things are the... So, right, okay, you get the point. Like, what's going to work for you is not going to work for the person next to you. Is that cool? But here are some principles. The first one is, let's have a look here at verse 35. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place to pray. Here's the first principle. If you want to be restored, you've got to own it. You've got to take responsibility for your restoration. As I said before, it wasn't like there was an intervention here. It, it says that Jesus got up. It doesn't say that Jesus was woken up. It doesn't say that he was pushed out. It doesn't say that the Holy Spirit guided him out to a process of meditation, right? Jesus owned the habits and the rhythms of his restorative life. You know, I wonder, I always kind of wonder and dream, you know, was Jesus the sort of personality that he goes off to sleep after an entire night of like casting out demons and the disciples are kind of still up late because they're the sorts that don't look after their sleep hygiene and there's Jesus like sound asleep with all of his tunic folded up and his sandals ready for prayer time the next morning? I reckon he's that sort of person, right? You've got to own it. That's the sort of person that I've needed to become to enjoy my time, you know, with three kids. And my time alone with God is often a walk around the block of a morning or a gym session or whatever, and I, I fold my stuff up. Not a tunic, but <laughs> own it. You've got to own it. You've got to be responsible for it. Again, I throw this in. You don't have to be a follower of Jesus to do this sort of stuff. This is a free gift from Him to you this morning. The way that He models this, just, just do this anyway. You'll see how this works. But He owned the rhythms of His restoration, and it looked counterintuitive which particularly for you A-type personalities, you're like, I don't have time for this. 
I can't do this. I've got things to do. Jesus had things to do. Jesus had a world to change, and yet we see captured that he models this rhythm of restoration. And so here's the second one. First one is own it. The second one is find simple, repeatable, enjoyable rhythms and practices to be alone with God. And uh, if you want to be really clever about it, you know, I think it's James Clear wrote that book, Atomic Habits. Have you heard of that book? Right? What you can do is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to life hack stuff at the moment. And so what I'm saying to you in this is um, James Clear talks about the way that you can embed some of these practices into the habits that you already do. And so, you know, for example, for me, I love to play golf and not just because I want to tick it off in a box, but I also find golf because I tend not to talk to anyone for four and a half hours. It generally tends to be a very good time to talk to God. That's after I've finished swearing at God for the shot that I've just hit, <laughs> right? Right? But I, I habit stack. In other words, if I'm here in this context and I'm enjoying myself, then I might as well talk to God. Lord, what are you up to here in this? What are you saying about this? What are you doing here with this? What are you showing me about this? Plenty of time to think it through. So it may not be for you, but the point is find that habit, for example, that you're already doing. Maybe you are the gym buff that's up at six o'clock in the morning. Find an opportunity to inject God into that. One of the ones that I had, if you want some more ideas, I used to listen to my Bible. I, I got a thing called the Bible Experience. It was like narrated by Denzel Washington and all the Hollywood actors, right? And I used to, I used to listen to the Bible as I walked down D.Y. Beach at 8 o'clock at night. Some of the sweetest times with God was when I injected that process into the rest of my life. Find simple, repeatable, sustainable enjoyable rhythms and here's the whole point this is what it comes down to this is what's going to happen for you and it's a deep mystery and I love the way that Perko who shared with us last week he puts it like this I can't see what silence and solitude are doing just like I can't see what sunlight is doing to this plant but through the miracle of photosynthesis the plant receives its nutrients from the sun and so something miraculous happens and you know this right church Something miraculous happens when we carve out the rhythm and the time and the space to be alone with God. Nutrients comes in. Our soul is filled. We're, we're rested. And so I say to you this morning as we finish, why wait until it's too late? <laughs> why wait until you've had to check into a facility? Why wait until you have to take that leave? Why wait until a relationship starts to break down before you start tending to your soul? Do it now. Do something about it now. Because look, when I confront people with this, you know, I hear all sorts of different excuses outside of the preaching platform this morning. I don't have time for this. I'm not sure it's really going to work. This is a waste of time. Classic, this is just who I am. It's my personality type, Right? But let me tell you, I've met people who would, go, who would give anything to go back and to be at this threshold of where you are this week. And people who at the end of their life have said, you know, I'm not sure if I should have traded this. I'm not sure if I should have traded my family. I'm not sure if I should have traded my job for all of this busyness that's in my life. They would give anything to come back and to do what is open and available to you this morning. And then, you know what happens to them? There's a health scare. 
there's a change in life circumstances and then suddenly you know what's really interesting there's plenty of time to start seeking god have you noticed that church don't wait until it's too late don't wait until you've traded your health and your relationships and your peace because what's at stake for you this week is not just some process that sam's talked to you about what's what is at stake for you this week is is your peace God wants you to have real rest. Let's come, let's come back to that, that table that I had again, Peter, up there before this morning, right? Either of those are available to you this morning. Either of those. And I guess my question for you is, which one do you want to operate out of? Because you might think you're fine. You might think you're doing okay. You might think your rhythms are restorative. <laughs> But there's aspects to you that everyone else around you is feeling. And can you imagine what your life would look like if, if it was lived out of here on a regular and a daily basis? Come to me, all of you who are burdened and weary, and I'll give you real rest. You've already got rhythms and rituals. You've got rhythms and rituals around where you're going to go, what you eat and drink, who you'll see, who you'll hang out with this week. The question is, are they restorative? And so for you this morning, Jesus invites you to make a revolutionary shift and says, leave a little bit of that behind and come to me. And the good news this morning is like, you don't have to be a Christian to do that. I mean, like you could read Atomic Habits, you could go to Dimmicks, you can go to the self-help section, or you can follow the life and the model and the rhythm of Jesus Christ. And so I say to you this morning, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, just follow Him anyway. Hopefully I've done a good enough job to say to you that, that the life that Jesus offers you is kind of what's best for a human being. And so I invite you this morning, you know, don't place your faith in Jesus, I'm not calling you to do that straight away. Just follow Him. Follow Him and the faith thing will happen later. But Christians, we, we know we know this and I sense that we know this. Maybe, maybe you've been living out of here this week. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been pressing in on you and we look back in our weekly order and we go, you know, I know, there's, I know I'm in this column. Jesus wants to leave you out of that, but you're responsible for it. It says you've got to come to Him and receive the real rest from the life that He models to it. Let's do that now. Lord Jesus... Thank you for the way that you have modeled life to us. I pray grace of anyone who is in that space this week that has been pushing their life to the limit. I pray there be no sense of guilt or conviction or shame or failure but merely if there are those aspects of our life that are leaking out of us that are in that black side of the column, may we declare that to be opportunities that you are revealing to us, Lord, that there's an opportunity for us to be tended to by you. And so I pray over each and every one of us, I pray over those that may choose just to follow some of your good advice, Jesus, and they're not yet a follower of yours. I pray that you would meet them in that space. You would grant them 
peace and calm and real rest. Father, for us as a community, particularly in the lower North Shore of Sydney, this busyness can be so much of our default. But we know that there be some of us, myself included here, where that that can even be worn as a badge. And we want to repent of that this morning, Lord. We want our rest in you. And the countercultural, ridiculous process of withdrawal to be a declaration that you are in control of our lives. And so for everyone within the sound of my voice, whether it's been now or whether it's back later through the live stream, maybe someone's listening now through a podcast or they're watching YouTube on a train on the way to work, getting ready for the activity that's about to hit them, Lord, I, I pray that whatever it is that you have for us from your word this morning would stick with us. But most of all, you, you would meet us in those spaces that we create for you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.